Welcome to the Procrastination Radio Show. I'm your host, Ian Complex. On this week's episode, I sat down with Cheyenne Salazar, an amazing writer, director, journalist, and much, much more. This conversation took place earlier this year in February after the release of her award-winning short film, Jaded. I hope you enjoy this clip, and I hope you enjoy this episode. You promise you aren't peeking? Yes, but I can kind of assume you're putting a necklace on me. Yeah, but it's no regular necklace, Zana Montana. Okay, open. <laughs> so, I told the hippie lady at the crystal shop that I needed a stone to protect you from all that negativity floating in your mind. And she was about to give me this wired up blue thing. But then we got to talk. Of course. I told her about you. And she asked for my name. I was like, duh, Jade anchors you to your happiness. And balances you out. You can watch Jaded in its entirety on YouTube now. Well, after you listen to this interview. Anyways, I hope you're having a good day wherever you are. And I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Procrastination Radio Show. It is your host, Ian Complex, and today I have another special guest, hot off the debut of a film. Super exciting. Shannon, yes. how you doing? Welcome to the show. Good, how are you? Thank you for having very, me. Very, 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 very good. Yes, yes, yes. How do you feel now that Jaded is out in, in the world? Um, I feel free because I've been free. holding on to it. It's yeah. been in my back pocket since this time last year. Um, wow. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to yeah. show it. Like, it's just, it's there. It's done. Um, but yeah, like, I knew I was going to show up. And then, like, it just kept getting away from me. And then I was finally yeah. like, oh, my God, it's a new year. I need to drop it. Um, and, yeah, I love that it's 2023. I love the number three. So I was like, okay, let's yeah. do it. Black History Month, the whole thing. <laughs> So. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I was watching it again today and just just to get ready for, for this and cool. just it just it's so good. And not trying to like you. just so tell much. you that because you're here right now, but it, it was really amazing and it it, it was very heavy surprisingly. And I I kinda wanna know about the process of you writing that and how you got yeah. the idea and you yeah, just walk me through that if you can yeah well okay so I'll give you the whole story so I went to the University of Miami I this is my mm-hmm. diploma right here I graduated yeah. <laughs> I graduated in December of 2021 um I should have you know quote-unquote graduated in May 2021 but I could have actually graduated a year before I had enough credits. But the thing is that I just kept taking semesters off because I found it really hard to be motivated in college. Um, I really love the content of my classes. Um, I really love my professors and I love learning. But like the school structure just wasn't for me. Um, 
and I was a commuter student. I live in Hollywood, so it was a really far drive to Coral Gables all the time. It was really tough. Um, so I just didn't really have motivation to yeah. do more than the bare minimum. And so I was like, I would just take a semester off because I'm like, oh, I just don't want to do this right now. I don't want to drive. I'd rather just work for a little bit, hang with my friends. And then so this was like in the heat of a semester off. It was the springtime of 2020. One, yeah, yeah. That semester I should have graduated and I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to school because I only had one semester left worth of things. And I was like, okay, I should make a final project to cap this all up, make it worth something. Um, Yeah, so, and I was really, frankly, in a dark place at the time and I was really depressed and Mm. I had no motivation, but I I felt like, oh my God, like I have to go back to school like this. I'm wasting so much time. I need to get my degree. And I was like, I just have to be able to write something out of like the emotions that I feel. Um, So it's totally a fictional story, but just like some of the dialogue are things that people have said to me that I've said. um, Mm. And just like the mood, I just wanted to capture like my inner mood at that time. Because even though it's um, like a family drama romance, like I feel like at its core, it's about like picking up the pieces after life just does its thing. Um, and so that's just what I was going through and so I was like I I knew I wanted it to be like a snappy story I wanted it to take place in one day so I was like okay it's their birthday the person's birthday Um, and then what happened to them so yeah that's how it came to be Um, and I wrote the script it took about a month to write it the first iteration was actually like more of a dramedy it had comedic elements Um, there were five characters there was like a comedic relief character completely um, and our lead character had a sister um, so they didn't make it in the final cut. I would yeah. love to see that version of the script because that that seems so different. But I could see how it would make sense to add some some more like. It was a natural evolution, thing. I would say, yeah. to the more dramatic, serious version. And I yeah. I'm happy that it, we got to that point. Um, but yeah. I think. Yeah, it was a cool starting off point, I think, to see it like evolve that way, because it really was just the main reason why we cut it down is because it just would have been too complicated to shoot. Like yeah, five characters yeah. are, is a lot to manage. Um, there was yeah. like a car scene there. Just too much. Yeah. ado <laughs> when you add more characters. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was like, let me just simplify, simplify, simplify. And that's how we get it to this refined point. Um, yeah. And then we shot it in November, 2021, right before I graduated. So. Wow. So, Oh wow. So was that like a, a good feeling to get that done and then be like, all right cool now i'm out completely out of yep. this kind of thing that was holding me back yeah and it like i took i took back my power in that because i i was such a yeah. floater in school because i was a commuter i didn't want to join any clubs because they cost money like i was like yeah. I, i'm a broward girl like i really ha- i love my miami friends but i'm a broward girl heart started this is just where i would spend my time i just didn't want to be involved really right. outside of things that i didn't have to leave my house to do so i like to write and I did my radio show because we could do them virtually, but I just never wanted to like be there. And so, you know, I don't think professors were particularly impressed with me. I had professors that liked me because I'm just like sociable and I like to talk to people and I find myself relating to older people. Not maybe not relating, but just it's easier to admire older people because they really have. And I'm, I find myself admiring people a lot. So I just like to talk to people. So I had relationships with professors, but not based on like me as a student, really. Um, and it was just crazy because I did Jaded and then it premieres at the school film festival in May 
And I just went for the first day. I didn't even go for the award ceremony. I just went for the first day yeah. just to go. So I was like, okay, my film is in there. And then we ended up winning pretty much every award. And like, right. I suddenly became the most popular person on campus <laughs> for a moment. And it's like, I don't even go here anymore. Right. You guys didn't even know I went here in the first place. Um, my mo- Literally my entire crew, none of them even went to you. I'm like, everyone was like, who is this person? And like, what is your story? And I'm like, I, I, I don't have time yeah. for this, guys. I already graduated. Yeah. <laughs> like, Thank you. No pictures. I'm sorry. It was cool. It was cool. Yeah. Um, here is the trophy right here for best directing. That's um, crazy. It was just yeah. I didn't even accept the award because I was like, oh, I'm not gonna win. There were so many films. Like, so my <laughs> actress, our actress Kemi, who played Zana, she accepted the awards. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a crazy. That's a crazy series of events. Yeah, happened. it was a and lot. I must feel like again, like I know, I know we've spoken about it just now, but that release of that to be kind of like, hey, like good job that you did this because yeah. this is what can happen when you kind of get out of that that kind of situation. That's that's really beautiful. I I, I know you mentioned the radio show briefly, which was kind of like crazy. Like me reading all the things you do, I was just like this. Like when <laughs> when do you have time to just like relax and and, and kick back? Because you'd be surprised because I do a lot of relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's my favorite thing to do. Because <laughs> I, I need I need tips on that because I'm it's just I'm, doing nothing, lying on the ground and doing nothing is my favorite thing to do. Just taking the sun and, and yeah, and pretty much. But but tell me about how you got a radio show and yeah. the story behind the name "Living for the City" because I was just blasting the song just now in preparation. Yeah, it's a cool song. Um, yeah, so I went to UM, and we have, yeah. um, it's just a fact, the best yeah. college radio station in at least South Florida, but I would even say Florida. We're pretty rad. Um, it's called WVUM, The Voice, yeah. um, which it stands for the Underground Voice of Miami. So we are, it's really unique because as a college station, like we are the only alternative station for Miami. Um, the only other alternative station is Fort Lauderdale. I forget what it's called. I think it's called The Shark or something. And they just play, like, alternative oh, yeah. top 40, and I hate it so yeah, much. Yeah, 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 yeah. WVM is true alt music. Like, it's true college radio, what college radio was in, like, the 80s yeah. and the 90s. Like, we play a yeah. lot of underground shit. But I actually was a pop show. <laughs> so, but um, and that's just to talk about WVM a little bit. Really cool station. Definitely tune in. 90.5 FM. Um it gets a little bit spotty the more north you go. So, like, even me in Hollywood, sometimes it sucks, which is, I, I feel, like, really offensive because, like, yeah, they this is that. my station. Yeah, right. I'm not trying to call anybody out, but I feel like they should take care of that. You know, they're listening. They're listening. You can stream online for, for whatever, but I'm, like, I'm in my car, like, majority yeah. of my day. Like, I just want to listen to it on the radio. But anyway, it's a great station. But um, when you're on for a semester, you have to do a rotation show of just, like, the songs that, we just own as a station like mm-hmm. that we have that we have access to which is like so many different things like what's yeah. new in the indie scene really really underground stuff um dance r&b everything really cool stuff um but you do that for a semester and then after a semester you can pitch your own show like a a, a specialty show is what we call it yeah, yeah. um yeah a, a specialized concept um and I just always knew I wanted a show because I was like, I just feel like that's just so me, but I didn't know what it would be. Yeah. Um, but then I started listening to Nina Simone a lot, and I just started thinking about, like, how, I guess, liberating a lot of her music was, like, for the Black liberation and civil rights. And I was like, yeah, you know, Black history just, like, has such a rich history of, like, protest music and yeah. 
but it's also just so soulful and meaningful and like you know these songs about resistance and overcoming like they're also just really great songs they're so danceable like if you're not listening to the lyrics like you can still you're just vibing in bliss um and if you are listening to the lyrics you're probably really inspired so it's really cool and so i just it just hit me i was like i just have to do like a black power show um and at first i was gonna just pitch it as a protest show and then i was like that's limiting i feel like black artists being in genres that you don't expect them to be like outside of funk outside of Mm. r&b like being Mm. in the indie space alternative um electronic that's what excited me like i was like that feels like a form of protest like resistance just like so Mm. i just feel like the idea of just black people just doing is political and like you know whether we like it or not so i felt like the ethos of it being a black power show would stand if i just made the show literally just black artists doing their thing no limitation on the decade or genre yeah. and i would mix it like you know like if i'm doing an electronic show i'm going all the way from like chicago deep house to like black coffee in one episode like yeah. it's like all of it so yeah and that was my show and i started it my junior year and kept it going with all my semesters off and stuff they were really cool yeah. about it so i kept it going from basically the beginning of covid until i graduated in december that's a that's amazing i, I feel like black radio is such a influential thing that people yeah. don't kind of realize what's like thinking about things like the quiet storm and everything that did for music and it's 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 really cool i think when like you said people get to focus on the totality of black music and not just yeah. what you might see that's being pushed by a certain group of people or or, or what is popular and it's 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 really comforting to to see the passion and and the love that you have for the music because i I think like it's it's that that, that's that's why i want to have these conversations with people who are like genuinely like i can tell it's in your bones like the way you light up when you're talking about it it's like a thing that that i don't i don't get to see a lot that i need more of but speaking of that i i would love to know like when your crafts found you like at what point in your life do you think that you were like bitten by the bug that's creativity or art yeah um it's funny I was just talking about this the other day um about being a journalist because I primarily consider myself a journalist and when I was in the third grade I went to Sheridan Hills Elementary School and there were like two things you could be if you were like a top student you could be the safety patrol which I just thought was for nerds I'm sorry (laughs) I just didn't want to be a cop but the other option was to be on the morning announcements. And I was like, that's my calling. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to be on TV talking to right. y'all about what's for lunch today and the controversies on campus and what to watch out for. Yeah. Um, and, like, so being on the morning announcements and getting picked for it was, like, the peak achievement for my eight-year-old self. And that was really the moment. I was like, yeah. Because yeah. I was always, like, a really dramatic, attention-seeking. Everyone's like, oh, she wants to be an actress. And I was like, I definitely do not want to be an actress. Like, and I never mm. have. Mm. Um but I've just always wanted to be in that world. Um, and I felt very like called to actors and just creative people. Um, but it started with journalism. And so I wanted to be in the morning announcements. When I got shy, I'm like, I don't want to be like on broadcast journalism. Like, I just don't want to do that. This, this doesn't need to be a part of it. So I got really into writing. Um, and I used to read a lot of magazines. So pretty much like I always cared about media um so like the thing that I really cared about in news like wasn't really like current events unfortunately and I did watch the news with my parents they yeah. made me watch it every morning but like 
out of like my own desire, I would just read entertainment magazines. So I had a subscription to Entertainment Weekly, Rolling Stone, Variety, mm-hmm. um, and I would read IndieWire religiously. Um, I just loved reading about media. I loved reading yeah. about music and about movies and TV. So then I like just loved to write about it. And one of my favorite movies and like the movie that inspires me the most is Almost Famous by Cameron Crowe, 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie is about a kid that, you know, loves rock music and he's a journal and he did like moonlights as a Rolling Stone journalist, even though he's only 15 and then goes on tour with this oh. band. Um, and it's just like so much great music is in that soundtrack. And it just felt like that's what I want to do. And Cameron Crowe, like it's about him really, because he was a teen journalist for Rolling Stone and then he ended up being wow. a film director. So like, I literally feel like that's like my trajectory. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that movie really inspires me. Um, and so, but it was when I got to college, I thought I was going to major in journalism, but then like everyone just started hating, like this is in 2016, 2017, when we're picking like what we want to do and everyone's like, journalism's dying. Like everyone is just like doing like the buzz stuff with the politics. And I was like, right. And I was like, and we're saying, I was like, I want to do entertainment journalism. Like, I don't really care about this stuff. So I was like, how viable is that? Um, I don't want to be like a buzzfeed writer, no disrespect to them, but like yeah it's just like just being like a web writer just like didn't I don't know just wasn't didn't seem like that would be fun for a long time like I I do that like I write articles still but here and there at my like leisure um and so it was really like my senior year that I was like no I think I want to try like actually be a filmmaker because I know like I've always been obsessed with film with the Oscars just with the behind the scenes so I was like let me just do it like I love to read it write about it so much let me just try making it um and but I still minored in journalism and I minored in creative writing so I just kept honing all that stuff and majority of the professional work I've done has been as a journalist actually so um I worked as a reporter for a little bit that was such a switch up and really intense but it taught me a lot taught me that I don't want to be a reporter yeah but how was that it taught me a lot how did that go so it was tough. So it was with WLRN, NPR yeah. of South Florida, and I got the internship. Yeah, crazy. crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So basically, because I because of my work at WVUM, I had a professor who was like, apply for this. I feel like you'd be a great fit. And I'm like, do you know what I do? Like, I, I, that's so cool. But like, I'm not a news girl. Like, yeah. that's kind of crazy. <laughs> and so I did an interview in the pandemic and they really liked me, but I didn't mm. make it. And I was offended. I was like, the interview went so well. How could they like not pick yeah. me? And the thing is, I just, it's an ego thing. Like, I know I didn't want to be a reporter, but I was like, no, like, they right. can't reject it. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't underestimate me. Yeah. So I applied again. And like, they were like, we really commend you for coming back because like, it was actually a really hard decision to not pick you. And we feel like we made a mistake. And I'm like, yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> and so I just, but I stayed really true to myself. I was like, look, yeah. I'm not a news girl, but I'm really passionate about black history and and things that are going on in the black community with minorities with women and with arts and culture and i want to i want to have those beats and i want to have the opportunity to do that so that's what i focused on for the summer like i pitched some things about those things um one of my best and favorite pieces was about how global warming in south florida specifically is adversely affecting impoverished people because of like Mm. redlining tactics and like um little access to shading water ac um so, like, quite literally, there's, like, racist tactics that are making these environmental issues so much worse. Um, yeah. I was really proud of that one. I did one on this teacher that does Montessori schooling so she can teach critical race theory. Mm. Um, 
And I also did like just covered like local art events. Like I did one about the now defunct, unfortunately, Tower Theater. Mm. They did a special event for um, Quest Love's documentary, Some Summer of Soul. Oh, yeah. And they did like a vinyl event for like the release and the I. So I recorded that and that was cool. So yeah, I've been sticking to that. I have an article coming out next week about this really cool exhibit that you should check out in Fort Lauderdale's old Dillard yeah. Museum. It's a collection of documents on the first ever death penalty case in Florida that involved four black teenagers that were falsely accused of murdering a white man. Um, so yeah, it's a little reported case. So it's pretty interesting that it, it was yeah. the president for the Miranda laws and people don't know about that. So yeah. Wow. How do you, how do you choose like what, I know a lot of these things are very close to you or in, in your interest, but how do you choose from film to radio show to, to journalism? Like how do you choose which one takes the time for the time being i'm kind of like just always working in things like consider like recurringly i guess i should say like i'm working on the article right now um but i'm also literally in the middle of a documentary right now and i'm also planning a podcast so i'm like just doing it all at the same time so there's like little windows in the day that I devote to each one but I'm not really that organized of a person so whatever it just flows through and whatever whichever one I feel like doing at that time is going to get done so yeah has has that ever and this is me speaking through myself has it ever hurt you that kind of free flow process of attacking the things you want to do because I know sometimes it'll get too free to where a project is sitting in in limbo for like six to seven months you know and and i I just just because i haven't touched it or something comes up or just like a project just keeps keeps getting pushed back how do you how do you react to that um deadlines so like when i'm writing an article it's for the news so i have a hard deadline um the documentary we're folk we're paying attention to weather patterns because it's like an outdoor documentary so we have deadlines like that we have to we have to shoot yeah. these certain things during these certain times um yeah. and then with the podcast it's also a scheduled thing so that's the way and just having like these I do I work really well under pressure and I mm. can I kind of only work under pressure unfortunately mm-hmm. so deadlines yeah if mm. if I don't have a deadline then I probably won't do it is the thing right, right. if I don't that's, feel pressure yeah interesting have have has that been from like since you were young that the pressure thing like, is that applied to everything in Like, your life? everything. Like, everything. my homework has to be done, like, at the last second, because, right, like, yeah. I just can't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That, that, that's so crazy, because that was me, I think, until I got a job doing graphic design. And I was like, oh, there's, a, like, the deadline thing. There's, like, a lot of deadlines, even to yeah. deadline out my my ideas and my thought processes. And, like, they have to be so structured. So it, it was weird having to kind of restructure my process like it, it felt like I was betraying myself at first I was like I'm an artist this is this is limiting to me you won't get the best work out of me because I'm doing things two weeks three weeks ahead instead of like mm. before this happens and it's 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 definitely a different muscle to to learn and and, and to grow into that thing but I think it's so important for um for people who are creative I don't think that's instilled in some creative fields because it is yeah. supposed to be about feeling and emotion 
and 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 all those things, which is is very interesting. I will say it's because like in a, I work for myself in that way. Like I'm yeah. I'm my manager. Yeah. Um, I do like the way I make money isn't have anything to do with what I do creatively. So yeah. Yeah. I'm making myself do these do these things. No one's making me do them. Yeah. Um, if I were you know forced, that'd probably <laughs> be different. I because yeah. I also hate being forced to do things. Yeah. Um, like a deadline, I don't feel like it's like an aggressive thing. I just feel like it's yeah. something to look forward to in a way. Yeah. But when yeah. someone's like making you and checking up on you in that way and right. you not having the freedom to do something, that's, uh, yeah. I can understand how that can feel stifling. Yeah. I feel liberated because I'm doing it for like completely myself. No, yeah. That's why I think it's important for people who can do multiple things at one time to have an outlet that is yeah. something else. like this is is that for me like this is a place where I can just get recharged by having conversations with people and you know like you said have deadlines but it, it feels important to me it feels different than just making a flyer for a company which is important to them and, and there's there's a lot of responsibility in that but I think uh not having to question the intention behind something or having to wrap my mind around a project is something that's just from me it's the, in my body and it just comes out is really cool yeah um yeah what did your your background and I, I know you're, you're you're trinidadian what what did that how did that affect your your current state um it affects every state like um i feel like first and foremost yeah. like in my inner self like in the outside world, I feel yeah. like the child of immigrants. Um, yeah. The way, like I am, I'm obviously American. I was born here. I was raised here. Um, but I was definitely in, in home. We were very raised with those, you know, traditional ideals. And I would say foreign way of doing things. So, yeah, just even like interacting with people, there are certain things where I'm just like, oh, we do things certain differently. And like, even though I'm about to be 24, like the way I was raised sticks um, in my culture sticks. Um, and it's so refreshing living in South Florida. I feel it's important that, you know, we live in a place where our culture is more prominent. Um, yeah. But it's so funny because, you know, Caribbean people have this way of thinking that we're the center of the universe and we like to understand that we're actually like really, really small islands. Like Jamaica is the biggest island, but it's not even like as big as like a state. Um, and Trinidad's not even, Trinidad's smaller than Israel. So, but we seem to think that we have all this like dominance. And it's so funny about because yeah. I was talking to my friend that lives in LA and she's um, Indian. And I was like, oh, did you know that I'm Indian, by the way? Because we were just talking about it so much. She's like, what? And I was like, oh, no, because, like, I'm Trini, and a lot of us are ethnically black and Indian, and that's right. what I am. I'm literally half black and half Indian. And um, she, we were just talking – I was talking about, like, West Indian food, and she's like, I've never had West Indian food. And I'm like, you're literally Indian. Like, what do you mean you've never had West Indian food? And it's I crazy. just really – like, they just don't have it in California. Yeah. But California – like, the place where I think is, like, everyone thinks of as, like, the street food Melting capital, pot. like, yeah. where immigrants thrive. And yeah. they don't have us. So, it's, like, we're really, Caribbean people have three options, really. It's South Florida, yeah. which includes Tampa and Orlando, um, New York, and London, England. Those are the three places <laughs> Caribbean go, Caribbean people go. And those were the options for too. my parents to settle down, and they chose yeah. Florida. But, like, That's those fun. those are the three. Yeah. And that's where we exist. So, 
but yeah, so I live in a one, I'm fortunate enough to live in a place where we exist and yeah, yeah. I feel empowered to connect to my culture yeah. um, in my creative space and just seek out, you know, fellow first gen or even um, people who've just immigrated. Like, yeah. it's cool. It's cool to connect with so many of us um, in that way, if that answers your question. No, that's, that's an amazing answer. That's so funny. I think. I think Canada is also a place. That oh, I've Canada! Yeah, you're right. A lot of people just and and it's it's so funny how I have a Canadian friend, but even like some of the slang she uses, I'm just like, where did you get that from? Because that that's not that's not a. She's like, yeah, it's Canadian. I'm like, no, 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 no. That that can't just be like it's impossible. But it's it's so beautiful how those cultures kind of just pass through and touch everything, um, in in all those ways. That's that's funny. So uh, it it had to affect the music. Is is there any like specific music you were listening to growing up that is still kind of current with you right now um yeah I mean my parents have liked everything um Mm. like they are Trini but at their core they're people who grew up in the 70s like they love funk um they love also like 80s music like 80s soul music so I grew up with a lot of funk and soul really um um, of course, a lot of island music too, but primarily like the way I separate our culture from like other Americans is the mm-hmm. way like we celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's very much like a party, and our Christmas music is so lit. Like that's mm-hmm. what I always remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because I hate Christmas carols. Like I hate like Western <laughs> Christmas music. It mm-hmm. annoys me. And like I'm not a Christmas hater. I'm not a Grinch, but like I hate Christmas music. I really do. And maybe it's because I worked in retail for so long, but I yeah, really hate Christmas it. music. Yeah. But our music is so fun. It makes me enjoy Christmas. Not feels like Christmas, but it's so tropical. Yeah. And it's so anti like what you would think of when so you traditionally think of Christmas. Still. It's like about eating your ham and having a party. Yeah. Like literally those are the lyrics. And yeah. you know, <laughs> it's like we eat a ham, you know, it's just and we're just yeah. jamming, jamming. It's just cool, you know. Yeah. So we just like Everything is just really casual is what I really appreciate about us at the end of the day. Um, and what I appreciate about island living and island culture is that, you know, there's like this awareness that it's all out of our hands and we just yeah. want to party. Yeah. So I connect with that a lot. <laughs> that is the default. You just got to gotta relax and not, not stress too much. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's very beautiful. Speaking of community and I know through through this conversation you value community a lot and just curious as to how and if you are curating a new community for yourself and other people around you or what what that looks like for you to kind of be in this film world and journalism world and and how you reach out and communicate with, with different people in there. Yeah, I mean I that's what I I think my biggest goal currently mm-hmm. is or one of them is building a community of creatives so just like oh I know a person that can do this I know a person that can do that you can call me for this and just rely on each other because right now I think that's missing in a lot of the creative spaces I think there's so many creative people here but I think a lot of us are you know either we're shy or we don't want to give people a chance or you know we're we're reluctant um and some of us are just like you know need to be pushed and but I think if you try I think beautiful things can happen so I've been finding it really important to be able to rely on people that you respect 
Um, and I, my goal is to bring more Black women in my space to collaborate with. Because um, right now, I love my collaborators right now, but a lot of them are men. Yeah. Um, and so I just I want to see more of a reflection. And I think that'll bring out great ideas, too, to be able to communicate with people on a different level i think it's really important um as a minority to seek community and validation so that right now that's what i'm trying to work towards yeah that's 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 amazing because i think like you mentioned i think create creativity can feel so lonely sometimes yeah because it's like you're working through what your mind is going through and i remember even till almost like my year before college I was like there's nobody like me here but you know I just was in a predominantly white area so everything I was creating was like so unique to me and I I think there is some kind of not god complex that's not the right word but there is some kind of feeling of like oh my goodness I'm the only one doing this that kind of helped me survive that that was then broken in the best way when I just was like invited to the show in Miami and I was like oh my goodness everybody dresses like me this is yeah so you're not good. that unique yeah. but in the best right. way right in like, the best way possible it was like a hug but it's like he's like hey like you don't have to be afraid to you pull have off your people weird exactly and yeah i think for the the next generation of creatives and just people coming up around florida i i hope that like people like you and you know, there's other people doing like the flea markets, let's get together and all these different events that are coming up and some of the egos are going down. People are just like, let's just, you know, break bread and not go into this trying to think about who's going to profit from one or another. And, you know, those things are important. Like yeah. we, we got to support each other financially where we can. But doing favors is really important at this stage. Exactly. And, and I, I just like, you know, and I really respect people for having, you know, knowing their worth is what yeah. I would say, but yeah. also remember where you started and yeah. there's nothing I don't know when you give back things come back to you is yeah. how I see things so um it's like that um what's that word is it symbiotic relationship I think so yeah I hope so you know, reciprocity I don't know why that word. you know the word and it's yeah, like one of the words. like um for example I have a friend he, uh he edited Jaded yeah. and he is doing his short film um and he wants me to assistant direct for it but he's like you know the budget isn't there to compensate but i will edit your documentary i'm like okay that's a fair that is a really fair deal like yeah um so i think things like that like trading labor um in this space is really valuable because then we all get what we need um you know i help you get your film made you help me get my film made um in different ways you know at different processes but and stages but that is I think a really special thing and I think if more people you know use that frame of mind that like you know this is someone you can collaborate with and use yeah. in the future and I don't mean use them uh yeah. you know a cynical way I mean it in like a really valuable way like someone is of importance to you yeah. um think of it that way so maybe that's how you choose your collaborators because yeah. you you also respect them you know no that's a good word yeah I was listening to another podcast this morning about um even with guests like just being so specific about who you bring on the energies that you bring around you because I think in the opposite way you can be so worried that I don't have anybody around me that you kind of just give to people who don't respect you or value you or who, who don't think highly of you and it's 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 really 
it's really interesting to think about what the space is going to be like in the next like two, four or five years, because I think there is a new era of like intentionality that's really beautiful to see with everybody trying to, yeah. you know, be more positive and get some stuff done. But in, in, that, in that same coin, where do you see yourself in five years, if you can think that far? <laughs> I'm not a planner. Right, right. And like, I, whenever I'm asked these questions in like interviews, I'm like, I'm literally lying. Like, because I don't know. In five years, I will be 29. Mm. What did that feel like just now? I just had to count it real quick to confirm. (laughs) Yo, that's craziness. 29. Um, I don't know if I'm in Miami at this mm. point. I mean, this is my home and I love it here, yeah. but I, th- I would hope that I've finally moved on. I don't feel like my business is done here, so that's why I'm not, like, forcing myself to get yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm yeah. hoping it will be by then. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I guess, you know, I'll just shoot shoot for the stars. Hopefully I'm, like, in a place where I'm pitching a TV show that has yeah. the possibility of getting picked up. Yeah. Uh, that would be super ideal. Yeah. Living, yeah. living, living a good life. Traveled, yeah. eat, eating well. Eating well, eating well. Yeah. Are you a foodie? You know, I'm not, but I am. Like, I don't okay. prioritize, you know, just eating great. But I love to eat. Like, I, I'm yeah. just, I really value the eating experience. I'm like, oh, it's a great answer. So great. Yeah. yeah, food is food is important. Food yeah. will dictate a lot about how your day goes sometimes, and it's exactly yeah. It's 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 really specific that way, but. No, that's that's very beautiful. That's that's a very. I'm just like taking in everything you just said, <laughs> and then it's, yeah, it's just it's just really cool to have this conversation. I was very excited. I wasn't nervous, but it was like that thing where I was like, hmm, anticipation. Like, yeah, 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 anticipation, yeah. and it it just it just is cool again to to talk to somebody who is as passionate and as clear like the, the way you communicate your ideas is so oh, straightforward and it's 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 easy to i just was sitting back and saying nothing for a while i'm like yes i can like cool. it's, i don't have to, to do a lot it's it's great um i wanted to talk again quickly about pushing boots yo because it was on your list i started today i didn't get to finish it Oh, geez. Why is that such an important movie for you right now? Because I love cats, first of yeah. all. I don't have a cat, unfortunately, because my mom, I'm looking at her right now. Yeah. She thinks cats are literally demons, that, like, basically demons are housing cats' bodies. And so she hates cats. Right. And it's disturbing to me because I love yeah. cats. They're so cute. <laughs> I, I feel like I really identify with cats. Like, whenever yeah. I go to a friend's house and they have cats, like, they just grab toward, towards me. I gravitate towards them. Yeah. Like, we just understand each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I just feel like a cat sometimes. Yeah. I like to just curl up and meow. Yeah. But, yeah, so I just love cats. And um, I love Antonio Banderas. So I, I was just, like, I was just so excited for it. Yeah. Um, but it also surprised me. Like, I really was just going in for the LOLs. Like, I wasn't right. expecting to, like, because it was really the fact that everyone on Twitter was, like, Pushing Boots is actually, like, really good. Right. I was like, yeah. I mean, I was going to watch it, but, like, y'all are saying it's, no, like, really to, good. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Um, and then what really sold me was that apparently, like, it was about anxiety. Like, that was a theme. 
and how puss <laughs> handles his anxiety and his panic attacks and i was like i'm so old so yeah and then like watching it i was like wow like not this movie for children really like getting me to understand something deeper about myself like and like how to process things um really i really felt seen <laughs> by the I shrek universe it. in that one and it was just cool <laughs> as like you know my inner child seeing the shrek universe change in that way because the animation right. style is different right and it's gonna be really interesting to see how that whole universe changes now yeah. post this movie yeah. So, yeah i wasn't sure about it because last thing i saw from shrek was the musical and i was like mm. like the live action musical yeah i didn't watch it me and my friend clicked on it and we could not get past the first five minutes we just like it was just a ridiculous experience i couldn't i couldn't it's too much to handle and so i was like this is gonna be another thing like that and i like again i have i've been maybe 20 minutes into it but already i was like oh this is they're taking some chances like this is this is really cool yeah that's what i'm saying and like that's my biggest thing it what disappoints me about media today like my biggest thing is animation because Mm. there's so much potential for animation to be crazy and boundless and so innovative but the studios capitalism like you're not allowed to take any chances and that's why i just feel like disney for example has just been so stale for the past five years um i did like encanto and turning red but they still didn't and maybe that's just like time has to tell but i feel like they still didn't reach like the heights that like alilo and stitch did for our generation of like when we were kids so i've just been like really disappointed in disney i've been really disappointed in dreamworks really disappointed in sony sony is literally just minions um so yeah but you know then into the spider-verse comes out and i'm like okay this is where mainstream at least mainstream animation needs to do this and so the fact that Puss in Boots, you know, took notes from that, it, like, that's just what I want to see. I'm just tired of, like, the copy-paste yeah. general faces that Disney yeah. really is doing a lot right now. It's so irritating. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was really cool to see that. And that's really just, like, the team of animators. And I think that's just a testament. If you, when you let animators just do what do they them. literally know how to do, exactly. great things can happen. Um, and then, in terms of, like, television animation, it's just so sad what's going on with shows just getting pulled off of platforms and just like some of the ip just dies um there's no royalties for the creators that spent years of their life building these universes and there's just no respect for animators at at least in by major platforms and studios and i don't know animation has so much potential to be incredible if we just stop stifling um creatives so that's my hot take on animation for for some reason it's still talking about like oh this i'm surprised this movie was this either like heartwarming or smart or and i think people still attribute animation to for children for some reason yeah. and i think it, it's it's weird seeing like you like you mentioned a lot of the netflix properties that are either modeled after a show that's already in existence that are just like a copy paste like oh they're doing the same thing but in space now and it's like all right cool like that doesn't necessarily do do yeah. much but it, it's 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 really it's really cool to see like movies like everything 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 everywhere all at once and yeah yeah a bunch of other things that have come coming out now and the energy behind these energy is a really good word for it it, it's so cool because it it felt a little concerning with the pandemic and just everything and people being oh we're only coming out for blockbusters we're only doing this for superhero movies and i think now the audience is a lot 
smart with what they want and what they want to see and just respecting like you said the animators and how are they working and how are they getting paid and all these different things like dictating what what gets supported or not so it's interesting seeing how the curtain is being undone and how much how much like the thing with sonic when they put out the weird animation first and everybody's like yeah let's get oh let's my get, god get back to that but then it's like okay those people are doing even more work to do all that stuff so it's 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 crazy how much control i feel like the audience has now and i don't think studios have the best idea of how to handle that because it just it feels like it just goes back to okay make people work more and 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 it's just the capitalistic like framework that's driving and i think it's it's like literally crushing entertainment like we just have to keep fighting against like the monotony of the machine i guess yeah is yeah. the only way to yeah so just like doing things on your own on the fringe and just being authentic but yeah. you know like in a mainstream world how how do you achieve that and i don't know but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's hard it's, it's 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 cool when things like people like Issa Rae like pop up and then maintain and just all these people who are putting out these different looks at stories and I, like I feel like I was out of the general area of TV and film for a while because I just kind of put my head down to work on like right. graphic design, and it made me realize recently just like watching a couple of things I was like, oh man, like this is why I wanted to go to school for this. Like I I, I get it because it does it does dictate so much. It dictates how people dress. It dictates how, what music people listen to. It's yep. It's it's like the biggest thing in the world, and I think people right now are in a very interesting position where a lot of the content they're taking in, they're, they're choosing to take it in, you know. And I think it's it's really interesting to again be intentional about who you're supporting, why, and you know, just trying to get as as many new stories and people to see themselves and things it's really it's really it's really cool what is happening right now yeah and even like quinta brunson like and think yeah. about quinta and Issa. they're what they're doing is not and i mean this in the most complimentary way possible they're not doing anything innovative or extreme or super imaginative they're just putting black people in common scenarios and it's gold right. it's so great right. and people gravitate towards it because it's just natural and that's what people want to see they want to see themselves on tv it's so important to see yourself in the media that you watch because it can inspire you. Like Abbott Elementary is literally the reason why I decided to just take a leap and start substitute teaching. And I'm about to start a teaching job next week. Wow. <laughs> like I'm about to be a legit like English teacher. And it's really like I always did have I have a, such yeah. a passion for education, yeah. but I just never actually thought about actualizing it until I saw that show. And that's just a TV show. You know, I'm like it yeah. could really you know inspire you like you see a black person on a regular tv show just doing like an um, admirable job that you maybe want like that might like like you know trickle into your real life and inspire you so that's why it's so important to see yourself in the media that you consume and and feel spoken to yeah and i don't want i don't know why people can't grasp grasp that for some reason because it'll be like oh man this actor has been casted as a traditionally white person and they're like what do you mean this is fundamentally da, da, da. and i'm just like man the, yeah like it, it 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 isn't that serious and but it is at the same time because it, it, it like you said lets people see themselves and I, I remember 
like watching Dwayne Wayne on a different world, like as a kid and being like, oh man, I could be cool. Like I I could walk around and be smart. He's a math teacher. I was like, I could be smart and black and get fits off and do my thing, you know, yeah. talk to people. Like and and it's just it's 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 those little things that kind of go unnoticed that when you when you get a little older you start thinking about like, man, this this moment really meant a lot to me and this moment really meant a lot to me. And you know, I'm glad I'm glad everybody's getting their shine, you know. Yeah. I think it's yeah. it's just great. And like now that, you know, they're breaking that door for natural, realistic black people, like now the floodgates are open, like maybe we can start yeah. seeing more supernatural things yeah. and yeah. and things of just like different experimental genres because now yeah. there's more visibility in general. Right. So yeah. 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 No, that's what I Yeah. That's yeah. Man, I I had a blast having this conversation with you. Yeah, me um, too. Before we end, is there anything you want to talk about quickly or any questions or any shout outs you want to give to people? Anything you want to say? Yes. First of all, I just want, um, hopefully by the time this releases, that I've secured Beyonce tickets. So I just want to put that out there, um, like for good energy. I don't care what city I see her in. I just need to see her. So like if my friend, my friend like I got, Beyonce. yeah, I got picked for the Miami um, show to, like, to get yeah. tickets. But my friend's like, well, let's just see if it's cheaper somewhere else. And I'm like, let's not. Sure. Fine. Fine. Answer, like yeah. as long as it happens, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I need, I need, Renaissance was my favorite album of 2022. And like, it was a tough pick because 2022, I thought was a pretty good year, but, um, yeah. So Beyonce, shout out to Beyonce for just making the best music ever. Um, also boohoo to the Grammys for being idiots once again and depriving her of album of the year. I was very passionate about this. I just have to talk about it. I've been talking about it. I heard there and everything. Y'all are just lame for that, messy for that. And it's like to not even give it to Bad Bunny is weird to me. Because, like, if because even though Renaissance was my favorite album, I can acknowledge like, um, Infernos and T was the biggest album of 2022. So, like, to sidestep him to give it to Harry, and like, I am a Harry Stan, but I had to, I'm not one of uh, for the duration of Black History Month, I'm not a Harry Styles fan because it just doesn't feel right. So, (laughs) I'll resume, I'll resume my Harry listenings next month. Um, and regardless, like his self-titled debut is still his best album. Like I don't even understand how you gonna win an album of the year for like so far your worst album. I'm just being serious, like whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> but um, as far as shoutouts, I just want to thank everyone who watched Jaded, everyone who helped out on Jaded, donated. Um, shoutouts, um, Emmanuel Gorin for designing this shirt. This is an official 2022 Three Points shirt. Um, he's an artist. Um, he actually went to UM. We were in the radio station together at different times. Um, but yeah, so really cool person to follow. Um, I have another friend, Ale Moros, who's a great painter. She painted the photo that is the the profile picture for Shy City Films. It's a painting of me being all moody as I am. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Paper Water, really great South Florida electronic duo. They're black. Um, hopefully gonna have some cool collabs coming up with them. Um, the Boy Garden, that's what my documentary is on. They are in Sistrunk, Fort Lauderdale. They're a community garden, so definitely follow them, hit them up for fresh produce and great vibes. Um, what else? I'm working on a script, or I finished the script, so I'm actually gonna be working on a new short film uh, in the coming months, so that's super duper exciting. The biggest challenge is going to be finding Caribbean actors. So 
if y'all know people, direct them towards me. I'm looking for an elderly woman with an accent, preferably mm-hmm. Trini, but I'll settle for anything <laughs> that is Caribbean. Um, and then a man, like a like a man in his like 40s. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let me know, guys. I'm, I anticipate this will be a journey. This is going to be a tough casting journey, so I'm excited for it, but it'll be cool. Um, and definitely stay tuned for my other stuff. Like I said, I'm working on a documentary. So I'm working on building up my film page, Insta, Shy City Films. Um, so watch out for GoFundMes because we need some funding to get these projects yeah. off the ground. But I'm really excited about that. Um, lots of things coming up. So just stay tuned. Um, and that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. Thank you. Thank you for coming on and spending time and having this conversation and, and blessing everybody with your presence. Um, by listening have a good night or day or wherever you are um do your thing all right peace peace happy sunday have a great week